today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Paul would have never called him a brother, but Christ brought them together. But their relationship to Jesus bonded them together. There were relationships that you would never have, friends that you would never have, relationships that would never have happened had not you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And sometimes the relationships in the body of Christ are greater than our relationships in our physical families. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. Through Christ's work, you will gain new brothers and sisters. These will be people who are doing good work along with you. These people may become closer to you than the family you were born into. Pastor Ed tells us today that Epaphroditus was a man whom under any other circumstance Paul would likely have never talked to. They had ethnic backgrounds which at that time would have prevented them from interaction. But through the common goal of Christ's work, they became family. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, Being People of Honor. Building in Faith Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. But I think it necessary to send back uh, Paphrodotus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is in distress because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me to spare me from sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. This portion of scripture describes a model man, someone that we could look at and endeavor to emulate in our lives as we follow the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just, Lord, be with us today, that you would draw us near to you. God, may we be in your hall of fame. May we be men and women of honor. Lord, I ask for your blessing upon each individual here, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would write the word on our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Epaphroditus is not an easy name to say. I practiced it a few times, but Epaphroditus, all right, I got him down. But anyway, I'm glad that people, when they dedicate their children, choose Maybe Paul or John or Matthew. I have not had a dedication with Epaphroditus' name yet, and I hope not to have any. 
But this man is held up before us as a model of what a man of honor, a person of honor should be like. Uh, I know that there are several uh, Hall of Fames around the country. You have the Baseball Hall of Fame that's in Cooperstown, New York, in our state. And then there's the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame in Massachusetts. And the Bowling Hall of Fame in St. Louis. Uh, Then there's the Golf Hall of Fame. And I know some people know where that is. In St. Augustine, Florida. All those golf uh, fanatics. The Cowboy Hall of Fame. Well, of course, Denver, Colorado. And, of course... The Country Music Hall of Fame, Nashville, Tennessee. In Hebrews 11, we have a Hall of Fame for Old Testament heroes. In the New Testament, God has a Hall of Fame for men and women who have lived a certain life. God doesn't measure our lives like the world measures our lives. He doesn't put people in his hall of fame by measuring their life according to worldly standards. His standard, his measuring stick, is Jesus Christ. And in chapter 2, we have an example of Jesus' life. And Paul endeavored to live up to that life. Timothy endeavored to live up to that life. And we're called to endeavor to live and measure our life by Christ's life. He humbled himself. He sacrificially served. He gave of himself. And so we're to emulate, to take, to embrace that particular lifestyle. I remember my generation after the Vietnam War. When the troops came back, there were no ticket tape parades. There were no accolades. And it actually took time for them to build a monument honoring those men and women who served our country. And I think sometimes the church fails to honor those who have served God, his kingdom, with honor. We are called to be men and women of honor. What does that look like? Well, Paul gives some titles. It's found all in verse 25. Verse 25. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Epaphroditus has been given several titles by Paul the Apostle. And it's possible when you read the text to simply read it too quickly and for not to miss what Paul was saying. He says that he was his brother, my fellow brother. That's a big statement for the Apostle Paul to make because Epaphroditus was a pagan. He was named after a pagan god. Paul was a Jew. 
He was from a a different nationality. He was a religious man. These two men would have never become close comrades and friends. And Paul would have never called him a brother. But Christ brought them together. But their relationship to Jesus bonded them together. There were relationships that you would never have, friends that you would never have, relationships that would never have happened had not you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And sometimes the relationships in the body of Christ are greater than our relationships in our physical families. Someone has said that... uh, Blood is thicker than water, but spirit is thicker than both. There's relationships that we have with people in Christ who become literally family. And Paul the Apostle says, he is my brother in the Lord. Jesus made an amazing statement in the Gospel of St. Luke. He said, And now his mother and his brothers, his family were coming to sort of spend time with him. And he had been very busy. And it says in Luke chapter 8, now Jesus, his mother and brothers came to see him. But they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word. And put it into practice. In Mark's gospel, he makes a similar comment, but he says, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. God has brought us into a wonderful family, the family of God. And the relationships that we have in this family of God last beyond our earthly journey into heaven. I want to encourage you, when you look at those around you in Christ, recognize there's a spiritual tie, there's a spiritual relationship, there's a spiritual bond that we're to nurture and we're to recognize. Uh, In the assemblies of God, we'll use the terminology, brother, sister, and it comes right out of the Bible. It goes right back to the tradition of Jesus where he says, whoever does the will of God, whoever keeps God's word, he's my brother, my sister, my mother. He goes on and gives another title. And he says, a fellow worker, a fellow worker. I think about that term, fellow worker. Paul the apostle is lifting this brother up And he's saying, this man is a worker along with me in the vineyard of God. What a compliment. See, he didn't hog the stage, but he brought others along with him. Uh, Paul didn't have to be center stage all the time, but Paul was able to lift up this obscure man from the church at uh, Philippi. He brought him in. He encouraged him. You know, I I was talking to a man the other day, and he told me how his mother, who had come from a very difficult home life, carried on this negativism with his family. And she, as she mothered her children, she always put them down. She never lifted them up. She said, oh, you can't do that, or don't help me there. You're not good enough. And that negative 
word or words kept on replaying in all of those children's minds. Instead of lifting those children up, Paul was the type of person who would lift other people up. We need to see our work as an important work in the church. We are fellow workers together. The people behind the scenes that pray, the people behind the scenes that serve, the people behind the scenes that do things that we're not always aware of to make a Sunday morning service work. Those in the sound booth have prepared, those in the worship team who have prepared, those in the office who have prepared, those in, throughout our facility who have prepared. The work of the ministry is more than a job. It really is a calling. And someone put it in these words, a job is your choice. A ministry is at Christ's call. In a job you expect to receive. In a ministry you expect to give. In a job you give something to get something. In a ministry you return something that already has been given to you. A job depends on your abilities. A ministry depends on your availability to God. A job well done brings you praise. A ministry well done brings honor to Christ. He said he's a fellow worker, someone who's committed to working. Then he says a fellow soldier, a fellow soldier. Perhaps Paul had in mind the Roman soldiers, as they would march into battle, they would lock their shields together, and it would be like this one wall moving. And he was thinking about how, as Christians, we are to join together. We're to fight together. There's a spiritual battle that we have to fight. You have to fight in prayer. The enemy would love to destroy marriages and families and homes. And we need to pray and intercede and build up families and homes. The enemy would love to pull down the morals of our nation. And we have to be a voice that calls for morality and righteousness and holiness. The enemy would love to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're in a spiritual battle against wickedness and high places and and spiritual powers that we must battle against so he calls him a fellow soldier he doesn't stop there but he calls him a messenger and a minister now the word messenger is apostolos that means simply apostle he wasn't saying that he was in a Uh, an apostle at Paul's level. Paul was an apostle appointed by Christ over all of the churches, but what he meant was he was a sent one. The Philippians sent him to minister to Paul. And as he thought about that, he said he is someone who is sent with a message. And he's to minister to my needs. In the First World War and the Second World War in the British Army, they would have soldiers, personnel, who ministered to the officers. They would especially help them in some of their personal needs, whatever they had to do. And so they were like assistants to those officers. They called them Batman, and women were Batwomen. Well, we need some not... Hollywood's Batman or Hollywood's Batwoman. But we need some men and women who will minister to those who minister. 
some who will stand behind our youth pastors, some who will stand behind uh, the pastoral staff, some who will stand behind the spiritual leaders of our church. They'll pray, they'll minister, they'll stand with them. I know recently um, I had some things I was going through, and, and so I was able to call a number of people and just say, would you pray for me? Would you just pray for me? And I knew they were praying. And that really ministered to me. That strengthened me. Paul the Apostle looked and said, here's a man of honor. And here are the titles. Now, I want you to look at the difficulties that were encountered. Epaphroditus encountered some difficulties. He was in the center of God's will. But when you're in the center of God's will, it does not mean everything goes easily. Or it does not mean smooth sailing. Remember, he's sacrificing, he's traveling over 800 miles. He's going all the way to Rome. And it takes at least six weeks if it's good weather. If it's uh, not good weather, if the travel conditions aren't right, it could take up to three months. On the way there, he gets sick and that sickness takes him to death's door a deadly disease indeed he was ill and almost died because he almost died for the work of Christ risking his life sometimes you're in the center of God's will doing exactly what God wants you to do and you face incredible challenges don't ever look at your brother or sister and quickly jump to conclusions and judge them and say they're going through this they're going through that here's the reason why he was sacrificially serving ministering to paul the apostle but yet he's experiencing physical illness i have a question do you remember acts chapter 19 Verses 11 to 12, it says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even his handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and evil spirits left them. Epaphroditus was with Paul. Why didn't Paul take out one of those old hankies? Or those old aprons? And lay it on him at that time. Epaphroditus wasn't healed in that way. Here Paul had done extraordinary miracles. God doesn't always work the same way. What he may do at one time, he may do something completely different. And what does Paul say? That it was the mercy of God that healed him. God, in his mercy, reached down and and delivered this man. Mercy is something that we don't deserve. Mercy is not something that we've earned. God just intervened. He was at death's door. I'm so glad for the mercy of God. I'm so glad that times God intervenes supernaturally, and he did. Notice... Something else. There was a difficult decision he had to make. A difficult decision. Aphroditus had to make a decision. He heard how the church 
was so distraught over him, how the Philippians had been praying and perhaps fasting and and they were concerned and he was burdened that they were burdened for him. He's modeling what Jesus taught us to be concerned about others. He's modeling what Paul preached, that we should be concerned about the needs of others and put others' needs before ours. Here he's thinking about, oh, they're worrying about me. They're praying for me. They're staying up late, fasting for me. And he's worried about those people who are worrying about him. That's Christian character. Sometimes we get so absorbed in our own needs that we even forget the needs of other people around us. Sometimes we get caught up in that black hole of self-concern and we get so caught up in our own needs we forget the needs that are right before us that we could be ministering and meeting. Paul says that this man is a model of an honorable man, someone that God would honor, someone that God would look at and put in his hall of fame. Now, he wasn't mentioned in the Bible very much. This is the only time he's mentioned in the book of Philippians, and he's mentioned twice in the book of Philippians. But he's not mentioned anywhere else. He's an obscure character who just comes on the scene for a moment and then disappears like a ship passing on the horizon. Suddenly, it's there, and then it's gone. But God remembers. God sees Paul the Apostle was willing to send Timothy back and Ephroditus back. But Paul needed their ministry. But Paul was selfless. That should be the attitude that characterizes us as a church. I want to just read that passage of Scripture uh, where it talks in Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only on your own interest, but also on the interest of others. Let's not get so self-absorbed that we can't reach out. Let's not get so filled with self that Christ can't radiate through our life. He was selfless. He gave himself He came not to be served, but to serve. And we need to follow his example. Those are the people who make it into the hall of fame. Those people who are willing to be selfless. Here you see the titles that were given to him. He's a brother. He's a fellow worker. He comes alongside of Paul and he's working. He's a fellow soldier. He's a a messenger and he's ministering to the minister. He's ministering to Paul. And he goes through a difficult time, but he doesn't become bitter or angry. He's worried about people worrying about him. And he's a type of man. When you look at him, he's selfless. He's thinking about others. Now, notice that there's an appropriate reception of this type of man. Paul asks, listen, when he gets back, receive him. It says in verse 29 and 30. Epaphroditus, he says, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up 
for the help you could not give me. Thank you, Pastor Ed, for that uplifting teaching. Philippians is filled with wisdom for life today, and Paul gives us such practical direction for shining the light of Christ into a world that is lost in darkness. We hope that today's message was encouraging to you and helped to build you up in your faith. Maybe as you were listening, you thought of someone else who would love the encouragement from this message as well. So please feel free to share today's teaching with your friends and family. You can find this message and many others from Pastor Ed online at buildinginfaithradio.com. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Come on over on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. for a faith-filled time of worship and learning together. Or stop by on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for a deeper time of study into the Word. You can learn more at that same website, buildinginfaithradio.com. If you have other questions, prayer requests, or would simply like more information about the life-changing love of Jesus, please call us at 845-462-5955. We'd love to share with you. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd like you to know that we're praying for you as you go through your day and ask that you be praying for the mission of building in faith, that many people would be drawn closer to Jesus. Tune in again as we continue in Philippians, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.